This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. This is the Tory who told the truth. Now, Ian Anderson is a Tory businessman and a long-standing Tory donor. He's actually been a member of the party for nearly four decades. Now, he's personal friends with Liz Truss. Someone's got to be, hey? And, um, in fact, Liz Truss lauded his considerable experience working with a range of businesses. Also friends with Michael Gove. Now, Boris Johnson made him the government's LGBTQ business champion last year, or the year before that, but last year he quit that role as relations between the LGBTQ community and the Tories have collapsed. And now, this week, he has quit the Conservatives as well. But the reason I want to talk about him is he said one of the most important truths in British politics, without which you cannot understand British politics at all. As the Financial Times, which interviewed him, reports, key to his decision to abandon the Tories now is his belief, based on discussions with party insiders, that Prime Minister Rishi Sunak will ramp up the so-called culture wars as a central part of his 2024 election strategy. Anderson said, It was made pretty clear the plan is to run a culture war to distract from fundamental economic failings. It's not something I want to be part of. Now, throughout history, this is what the Conservatives do. You can't understand the Conservatives without this eternal truth which is a deliberate strategy to deflect popular anger away from a broken economic system using culture wars, which you can best explain succinctly as moral panics about vulnerable minorities. Now, you see, when the Tories were confronted with democracy, when suddenly working-class women and working-class men had the vote, well, then... The Tories had a big dilemma because they are a party which champion the interests of the elite. But in a democracy, it's not just the elite who can vote. You have to win the vote of a significant number of ordinary people. Now, it's not a conspiracy theory to say the Conservative Party represent those privileged interests. When I was at Oxford, I recounted this in my book, Charles the Demonization of the Working Class. A senior Conservative came to visit um, us undergraduates and gave an off-the-record talk. Many of us were there. And he said, what you have to realise about the Conservative Party is that it is a coalition of privileged interests. Its main purpose is to defend that privilege. And the way it wins elections is by giving just enough to just enough other people. I like a bit of honesty from a Conservative. Now, let's have a little look at this history. Back in 1905, the Tories introduced the Aliens Act, which was aimed at restricting Jewish immigration from Eastern Europe. Actually, what we're really talking about are Jewish refugees who were fleeing uh, pogroms, which were taking, which were murdering at the time. You know, yeah, a pogrom in, in an individual pogrom, dozens of Jews could be murdered, and many others driven from their home. But anti-Semitism was widespread and very socially acceptable at the time um, in Britain, um, and therefore there was huge hostility to Jewish immigration, to Jewish refugees 
uh, coming to British shores. And the Tories tapped into that, knowing that they could court and win the support of people who might be angry at their conditions, at the world around them, but whose anger was being redirected, not at powerful people, but at the, at the wrong targets, at people without power. That they're not angry with their bosses, they're angry instead with Jewish refugees. Now, this is a long-running theme, that Tories tapping into anti-migrant sentiment. In 1962, they introduced another act which curtailed free movement for citizens of the Commonwealth and the colonies. Then, in the 1970s, with mass inflation and social unrest, sound familiar, the far-right National Front was on the rise, exploiting people's rising insecurities by redirecting their anger at migrants. Now, the Tories, under Margaret Thatcher, tapped into this rising tide of bigotry. Here's what Margaret Thatcher, who was then leader of the opposition, said in 1978. People are really rather afraid that this country might be rather swamped by people with a different culture. And you know, the British character has done so much for democracy, for law, and done so much throughout the world, that if there's any fear that it might be swamped, people are going to react and be rather hostile to those coming in. So if you want good race relations, you've got to allay people's fears on numbers. That's one thing that's driving some people to the National Front. They don't agree with the objectives of the National Front, but they say that at least they're talking about some of the problems. Swamped directly tapping in to anti-migrant bigotry. Now, the same thing happened with the moral panic against gay people in the 1980s. I think it's hard for people in the here and now to really come to grips with just how widespread bigotry was against gay people um, in the 1980s. The British Social Attitude Survey, which each year gauges people's views on a whole range of issues, including same-sex relations, it showed that in the 1980s, people's attitudes towards homosexuality deteriorated, declined year on year. And in fact, um, they didn't go back to the already bad 1983 levels until 1993. Um, and by 1987, only about one in 10 people thought that being gay wasn't always, wasn't, was, was always right. It was, as in, they were allies. There was nothing wrong with being gay. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Um, and you had vicious attacks on gay people in the British media in the 1980s. Many of them, of course, centering on the HIV AIDS pandemic, but also the idea that gay people were sexual predators that they would prey on children and that they would attempt to brainwash children. 
And any attempt to kind of buy particularly Labour-run councils to try and um, uh, to provide support for LGBTQ people or try and educate people about LGBTQ people, that was seized upon, um, including one book which was never actually distributed to kids, so it should have been, which showed a girl with two dads and tried to normalise that as a normal, loving relationship. Well, the media went absolutely haywire over this. And the Tories tapped into this moral panic by introducing what was known as Section 28, which banned the so-called promotion of homosexuality um, in schools. In practice, that meant no discussion of LGBTQ issues. People like myself grew up with no LGBTQ education of any description. Now, here's what Margaret Thatcher said at the time. Children who need to be taught to respect traditional moral values are being taught that they have an inalienable right to be gay. Inalienable right to be gay, honestly, these people. Um, but again, this was a moral panic, which was very strong at the time, which was the idea that gay people were a threat to children, uh, that they were sexual predators, they were a threat to the family, uh, they were immoral, they were defined by mental illness, they were a fetish. Yeah, well, I'm sure that all... Sounds very familiar. You got homophobic posters distributed by the Tories. One was entitled Labour Camp. Very witty, very droll. With activists holding placards such as Gay Lib and Gay Sports Day. So they weren't exactly subtle about the homophobia back then. Now, the reason it's important to have that broader context is that what's happening now isn't new. And we might look, I would hope, at how Tories treated Jewish refugees or gay people in the 1980s and think, well, this was repulsive and history has not exactly looked well upon it. Well, today, the Tories, their big culture war, so-called red buttons, in practice, moral panics against vulnerable people, are refugees and migrants on the one hand and trans people on the other. So all this talk about the boats, about an invasion from the southeast coast, trying to portray people often fleeing terrible violence um, as um, as invaders, um, you know, which is how you would speak about an army arriving rather than people often in very desperate conditions arriving in small boats because legal and safe routes have been closed down by the government so there's virtually no other way of entering the country um as a refugee from the vast majority of countries on earth um so again you know we see that as an attempt to make people angry and scared at desperate people rather than think well actually i'm angry at a government which has presided over the longest reason living standards since records began um, the same with trans people, the constant moral panic about trans people, rather than focusing on male violence against girls and women, which the Tories have failed to address, uh, with the 400,000 women who are sexually assaulted each year, the 85 to 90,000 women who were raped, the vast majority of men get away with it. Um, in a country where, where funding for women's refuges, for example, has massively been slashed, uh, in a country where um, support services for women have been slashed away, uh, where women have borne the brunt of the cuts introduced by the government, but instead, rather than being angry at them, the focus is on a tiny, marginalised minority, the vast majority of whom, of course, are just like you and I, just want to live their lives in peace and have happiness and security. This is what the Conservatives do. They don't want you to be angry at them, at their policies, at their broken system, but instead to redirect them at all the wrong targets. Desperate people, people who are vulnerable, people who don't have a voice in society and cannot fight back or don't have often the means to fight back, though we need to all stand by them, of course, uh, in these pretty <laughs> gruesome times. Um, and that's why Anderson's right. The Tories are going to escalate this. That's what this election 
they will hope will be about and we all need to see it for what it is please like and subscribe um, and do support us on patreon.com forward slash ojoes84 I'll see you soon why don't more infant formula companies use organic grass-fed whole milk instead of skim why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart, a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.